They're like just being like, oh, the baby has your this, the baby your has has your this, and he's like, yeah, the baby has my huge balls. Welcome to All My Friends Are English Majors, the podcast where I, a business major, make my friends, almost all English majors, read popular fiction with me. Unfortunately, this month is Colleen Hoover month. Thank God we read our last Colleen Hoover book, so I don't have to read another one. Um, This week we read Ugly Love. Kayla, how was Ugly Love? How's your week been? My- <laughs> Who are you? My week has been bad. I <laughs> I lost my wallet, so I had to order new cards. I am refusing to go to the DMV to get a new license because I just don't want to. Um, and then I had to read this book, and this book sucks dick. This book does suck dick. No part of this book rocks cock. It just sucks dick. Like... If you're a woman reading a book just for smut, I yeah, still wouldn't read so this. so in the outline, I put that this book was just a vessel for smut. Like, she just wanted to write And not smut. even good smut. It's fine. I, they, they weren't being as weird as the other two books. Uh, like, there is no, no stethoscope play in this one. Uh, so They true. do fuck on a plane. At the very end, but that's only oh they do oh, fuck on a plane. But it's only implied, so it, like wasn't even that fun. There, oh, okay. Before we, we I know we haven't even talked about the they plot also yet. fuck in the car. Yeah, but everyone's done that. But um, this about pilots, and so you would think maybe like Mile High Club opportunity for Coho, but no. No, not even interesting smut. No, not really. Okay, I guess we should... Do you want to read the back of the book? Absolutely. Because all we've done so far is talk about how much they fuck. Yeah. Okay, it says, It's not exactly love at first sight for Tate Collins when she meets the tormented and secretive Miles Archer. They wouldn't even go so far as to consider themselves friends. The only thing Tate and Miles have in common is a mutual physical attraction that can't be denied. Once their desires are out in the open, they realize they might have stumbled on the perfect no-strings arrangement. He isn't looking for love, and she doesn't have time for it. So that leaves just the sex. What they've got could be surprisingly satisfying, as long as Tate can stick to the two rules Miles has for her. Never ask about the past. Don't expect the future. They think they can handle it. But everything is different when emotions start, when real emotions start to change the equation. Hearts get infiltrated, promises get broken, rules get shattered, love gets ugly. Oh, I hated it. Jesus Christ. Okay, I think that this is really overselling Tate's, like, lack of emotion ever involved. She is never just friends with benefits with Miles. She spends the whole time wishing she could crack his brain open like a coconut and figure out what's going on in there. Yeah, she is she's digmatized immediately. She's immediately digmatized, but she also like 
I have a really hard time buying in on the immediate physical attraction with literally no relationship trope. Colleen Hoover is, like, writing male characters who are just, like, I looked at you and knew I had to have you immediately. And instead of being like, we should have a relationship, the women are just like, wow, I can't believe a man wants me this badly. Like, I guess this is great. And it's like that, just like, I'm not saying my smutty romances have to be realistic, but they have to be a little more realistic than this, or they have to be like, fully out of the realm of possibility none of this weird middle ground shit there's no tension at all between the characters it's just like kind of all three like i'll save them for the next uh episode or whatever but all three have the same trope of i looked at you and immediately knew i had to get my dick wet and then that is exactly what happens they see each other and they're like oh my god i want you so bad and then they get together. But there's no struggle to get together, ever. Both characters are just immediately like, yeah, sure, duh. Which is boring. Yeah. Would it be fair to say that Miles is gripmatized in My- the way that <laughs> Miles Tate is dickmatized? Yeah. Miles is gripmatized and he's pretending not to be gripmatized. He's like, basically, I could quit any time. Yeah. He's like, we're literally just having sex, but he's being so weird all the time. They don't talk to each other. And then when they start sleeping together, like, Miles starts to, like, look like he wants to hold her hand. And he starts to, like, like be excited to, like, play footsie under the table at dinner. And it's like... What are we doing here? I think that we should give a two-minute summary. Yeah. Do you think we can actually make it two minutes this time? I kind of think we have. Nothing really happens. Uh, actual two minutes I do think is possible with this one because there's not a ton of substance at all. Okay. You or me? Uh, you got it. Okay. Okay. So, start my timer. Tate moves to San Francisco to live with her brother because she's starting a master's in nursing. She's a night nurse. She gets to her brother's apartment building and Miles is passed out in front of his door, um, sad and drunk, and she doesn't know why. But she helps him out after some finagling and they meet and then they have this immediate tension. And all of our present day chapters are from Tate's point of view and the when we find out more about Miles, he's flashing back and all his flashbacks are written in this weird, like, is it poetry or is it prose? Uh, it wants to be poetry really badly, but I don't think it is. Okay, so it's like actually prose, but it's trying to be poetry and it's not Just very good. Just because you format it like that does not make it verse. That is so true. And... So we get these, like, really sad sections with Miles' obsession with this girl named Rachel. And then we, like, flash back to Tate. His sad backstory is just that he wants to fuck his sister-in-law so bad. Or his stepsister so bad. Yeah. But they weren't stepsister and stepbrother when they, like, started seeing each other. And then he finds out that his dad... We're really getting off off course here, but he finds out his dad was seeing this woman named Lisa the whole time that his mother was dying of cancer, 
and then she comes up to move in with them and brings his be- her beautiful daughter al- along, and it's the girl he has a crush on. So then they get together, even though they're step-siblings, but they started dating before they were step-siblings. Very messy. All of Miles' flashbacks, all you need to know is while we're flashing back to Miles' sad backstory, we're also, like, seeing him and Tate fall in love while they, like, have, like, a shit ton of sex, and also Miles is a real dick to her because, like, again, don't ask about my past and never expect a future, and then Tate's rule for him is, like, don't ever lead me on about a future that we're not going to have, and then we find out that Miles got his stepsister pregnant, they had a baby together, everyone was really happy, and then the baby dies on the way home from the hospital because they crashed their car off a bridge, and he only manages to save Rachel, and Rachel, like, leaves him for not saving their baby, and then, like, he becomes a pilot, and then he meets Tate, and then, like, he says Rachel's name while they're having sex with each other, and Tate finally finds it within herself to leave him, and then he goes and gets closure with Rachel, and then he gets back with Tate at the end, and that's kind of the whole book. Yeah, that's it. It's just, like, a whole lot of sex. It's crazy. That's, like, most of the book. Literally the first thing I put in the outline was Colleen Hoover invented Friends with Benefits. Yeah. I don't know. This book is just so lame, man. Yeah, it just, like... I have read a lot of romances. I really tend to like romances. I think they're fun. There's just no romance. This book wasn't fun. This is the kind... This is the kind of romance... That should be a one to two K word fanfic. This story can be told in 2000 words or less. Yeah. Like, it's just like useless to write a whole book of this. Like, and it's just entirely uninteresting and everyone is interconnected to each other in a way that they like really don't have to be. And also, like, Colleen Hoover decides, like, the one of the big lessons to learn is, like, you can get over grief by falling in love again, and then the best way to get over grief of the loss of your baby is, like, to have another one, and that will make you, like, miss them less. The hole in your heart can be filled, basically. What is with her in pregnancy? Nuts. <laughs> the... It's been a while since we've had a pro-row book from Coho, and this is not one of them. No, not at all. I was really, I was expecting the tragedy, like, Miles' deal to be that, like, his dad and Lisa were like, you cannot keep that baby. But everyone was weirdly chill about it. Like, they were mad for a little bit, but I felt that maybe there should have been a little bit more upset. So, this is not a pro-incest podcast. No, not a- However, I kind of also think it's whack for his dad to be mad at him for getting with his stepsister that he's known for, like, four months, and they met before they got together. Well, you have to- Like, he didn't know- I think it's pretty reasonable for the dad to be upset, one, because he didn't know- that they knew each other before, and two, it's super, like, he thought, the dad was under the impression of, like, wow, Miles is adjusting really well, and him and Rachel seem like they're bonding, like, 
they like he tells Miles at one point, "You're you're being a good brother." And meanwhile, so the dad is like, "That's true. That was like, kind of freaky." You're being a good brother, and by that, he's just like fucking in the room next door. That's weird. That's weird to like be pra- to be praised for being good siblings while they're sneaking around. It's weird. There's entirely entirely too much incest for me. Well, and I literally, I don't know. I kind of just blocked it out of my mind because if you think too hard about the fact that they're step siblings, like the reason that you're supposed to care about Miles and the thing that he's grieving, you have to be like. Miles is such a freak that you, like, literally can't enjoy any aspect of the book. And no, I didn't find, like, much of this book to be enjoyable, but, like, I also, like, didn't really want to think about him, like, fucking his stepsister, so I kind of jumped through the hoops of, like, well, they're not re- they- they weren't really step-siblings until they, like, you know- like, I'd rather jump through the hoops than not. It could have been way worse than it was, but I still really didn't like it. And I think that is so reasonable to be like, this is, a li- this is a little bit weird of her. I literally compartmentalized them being step-siblings so much that when you put a hint of incest in the outline, I literally thought you were talking about how weird Tate's older brother is about every single time she's ever had a boyfriend. Yeah, that was also a little bit bizarre. It was just too much. Why was he being so possessive about his little sister? It'd be one thing if he were like, please don't date my friends, weirdo. Because what, like... But he's like, no, this man came near my little sister. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah, but... However, the big fight that ruins Tate and Miles' relationship, where he, like, says Rachel's name while she's he's inside her, like, starts with Miles being gone for ten days, and Miles comes over to, like, say hi to Tate, and they, like, jump each other in the kitchen while her brother is making dinner. Yeah. And that's a crime. I would be mad if my friends made out in front of me. So for a sibling to do that is insane. Like, they were, okay, bonk, horny jail for that one. Jail. Not (laughs) even the police. Straight to prison. Yeah. Um, So this book, like, like we've talked about, doesn't have a lot of substance. But I took a long time to read it in part because I didn't want to. But also because there's this character <laughs> in it named Cap, who is just an elevator, like an 80 year old elevator operator. And every time I got to his part, I read it at this pace and in this voice. Just since I got too old to do maintenance on this building. <laughs> Been sending people on flights now for more than 15 years, I think. Uh, that, so that's how I read all of his <laughs> speaking parts. So it took me forever to read, uh, because he's got, like, he talks a lot in, like, the first chapter. He's really, like, giving a lot of advice. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing with that boy? All the time. Uh-huh. And Tate is like, I don't really know, Cap. 
And also, like, Cap is, like, living in the building and being paid a salary, but Tate is, like, delivering him food all the time. Like, she's like, I'm gonna go make that man a sandwich. And then she'll, like, make a sandwich and then go down 18 flights and be like, here you go, I did this for you. She's kind of... I don't know. I think she's kind of treating him like he's homeless. And that, like, he can't care for himself. Or he, like, doesn't have means. It's Their relationship is kind of strange to me. I don't know. I thought it was one of the more normal parts of the book. That there's this very old man who, like, struggles to get around. But she has decided, like, he is really great company. And so... I will be spending my time with him. I didn't think she was being too weird. I don't. I didn't think anything of her bringing him food. It just seemed like kind of an excuse to keep him company, which he clearly wanted. But they are strange about homeless people. At another point in this book, because her and Miles go to the furniture store together, and they pass a homeless man uh, on their way there, and she's like. My older brother hates homeless people. <laughs> Just bizarre. They didn't need to say that. She was like, I wish I had brought my wallet with me so I could help him, but I didn't bring anything with me. And I'm embarrassed to like interact with this person because what if Miles is like my brother and is also hateful? It was just weird. It was weird. And Corbin, in general, like, is treated like he is kind of a little bit of a bad guy in this book. Yeah. She's always being like, here's another thing on the list that something my older brother does is annoying. And it's like, he's letting you live in one of the most expensive cities in the U.S. in a high-rise for free. True. You're living in San Francisco rent-free. He might be a little bit of a dick sometimes, but, like, every single thing she said about him was basically, like, can't believe Corbin acts this way. Okay, he's being really generous to you. That's true. Like. But he was on some weird behavior the whole time as well. Nobody in this book is normal. No, nobody in this book is normal. I feel like we don't have that much to talk about because, like nothing happens and like the love story in this is so obvious and the miscommunication that is coming is so obvious that it's kind of like shocking so I know that I said in some of the earlier romance books episode of the pod that I like wish that we had gotten both points of view so there was more substance to the book I am taking that back (laughs) The Specifically, in the case of Colleen Hoover. Like, Actually, I would only like to hear women speak in a romance novel. Yeah. Okay, so something I want to talk about real quick. With God. It just sucks, Dick. But the way that she <laughs> describes Miles, just... He does kind of come across as a very nondescript quote-unquote handsome man but she kept being like his eyes are so blue no like his eyes are so blue so i the like half the time was picturing jeremy allen white and being like give him brown contacts give miles archer brown contacts and it will break her digmatization i do think that jeremy allen white has crazy eyes 
but I also, like, one, I did think he was, like, pretty hot as Lip Gallagher, but he is not a very, like, traditionally handsome man. He's hot as the chef and the bear, too. That's true. However, I think that we are supposed to be picturing, like, any blue-eyed man who's been in a Hallmark movie. Yes. Oh, I was just saying that, like, yeah, like, I'm sure she's describing basic Hallmark guy, but the way that she's talking about his eyes, I'm just thinking about Jeremy Illinois, and I'm thinking about the picture of Miley Cyrus, the bitches with blue eyes picture. Yeah, with the eyeliner. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two people in this book, are Jeremy Allen White and Miley Cyrus, specifically in the blue eyes photo. Yes. Okay, do you want to talk about the smut, or do you want to talk about the formatting? Yeah, we can talk about the smut. So, it, so, Miles and Tate, Miles starts out acting so weird, like, will not look at her, well, actually, he only looks at her. But won't talk to her. So it's like three words. Very go girl give me nothing. And Tate is like oh my god I'm obsessed with him. Even though he kind of hates me. Like I want to get to know him. And then Corbin her brother invites him to their Thanksgiving. So they all drive there together. And Miles is driving the car because Corbin's sleepy. So Tate is in the backseat and has her feet kicked up in the middle. And he just grabs her foot. And she's like, my bad, like, let me move it. And he's just, like, playing with her foot. Um, how can you be so stigmatized that you're okay with that? That that's your first point of contact? I would not let that slide. Right next to her brother? Right next to her brother in daylight while her brother is sleeping right there? He's grabbing her feet? Go to therapy. Kayla, this is, like, that is, like, their first touch. Besides when she's, like, picking him up off the ground when he got really drunk on the sixth anniversary of what would have been his son's birthday. Yeah, that's what makes it so offensive to me, though. That, like, their first, like, point of tension, for real, is him grabbing her foot in the car. Well, and she's also a freak, frankly, for not wearing socks on a road trip. (laughs) Everyone takes their shoes off on a road trip, or at least I certainly do. And you have to be wearing socks in the car. You can't just have your dogs out for, like, eight hours on a car ride. Put, put socks on. Also, it's November in Northern California. Hose out. It's cold. (laughs) I could not believe my eyes. Yeah, that one is crazy. She gets caught making out with Miles in the kitchen by her dad. The first time that he, like, comes in her without a condom, he essentially, like, has a panic attack. Yeah. Because I think he's, like, worried about pregnancy. But, like, it's not handled with any nuance. Like, he just treats her like shit, doesn't talk to her about it, and she's just like, well, the dick is so good, I guess I'll come back. He's acting like he's never heard of the pull-out method as well. He's being so weird about that. Yeah, well, it's because, here's the thing. You can usually tell, like, by the length of a fanfic, like, if there's going to be a pregnancy plotline, and you can also tell by the way they talk about, like, specifically 
like, where a man comes. If a woman says, like, very obnoxiously she's on birth control and they don't have to use a condom, 50-50 chance on it being a pregnancy plotline in the fanfic. Yeah. Whereas, if she's on birth control, like, and he pulls out, 100% chance she's pregnant. Like, if they're, like, really talking about birth control and, like, really talking about contraception, like, pregnancy plotline is coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, so, from Miles's perspective, when him and his sis- stepsister are fooling around, they have, like, two rules, and it's, one, they have to fool around behind locked doors. And two, no sex. And the way that they handled it was so nasty to me. Because, like, spoiler alert, obviously they have sex. And the way that it's written is like, (laughs) and we shattered rule number two. Gross. Raw. Shattered! Why? 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 When he meets Rachel, he immediately is like, like, the way it's formatted is like, Rachel, period, enter. Rachel, period, enter. Rachel, all caps, italicized, period, enter. Like, it's all, it's, there's so much italicization, stupid, and he's literally like, I'm obsessed with her. This, this, like, whole... Rachel Miles plotline, we're supposed to read it as love, but again, we never watch them build a relationship. They just become obsessed with each other, and then we're supposed to understand that love comes from that. Like, why is no one having a conversation about, like, what socks they like to wear and what they want for dinner? Like, why is everyone such a fucking weirdo? Yeah, yeah, the way that they meet, it's like, she almost had fought and then didn't. Because she's, like, a new student, and he has to show her around to class. And then he's like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. And I like talking to her so much that I'm just going to keep walking past the classroom that we need to go to so we can keep hanging out. Like, that's so high school, that's so fun. And then immediately she gets weird with it. Well, and also, now, let's go back to the incest for a second, because I have just realized something. Rachel knows that they're going to be step-siblings the whole time. No, she doesn't. She, like, knows his dad, because his dad has been with her mom for, like, a year. I don't... She's met him. She knows why they moved up there. Yeah, but she did a co- Okay, so when she goes into the school and she meets... Miles for the first time, she does not know that, like, that is her mom's boyfriend's kid. Why wouldn't she know his name is Miles? If she doesn't know that, then that's a major plot hole. Yeah. There's no way that he didn't talk about his kid. I don't know, but they were being, like, really secretive with it. The parents. But she knew why she was moving. Yeah. Still, I don't know. I think it's implied that she doesn't know. Like, it's implied that they find out for the first time when Lisa comes over for dinner 
and Miles opens the door, and it's Lisa and Rachel. I think Rachel looked a little bit, knew a little bit longer, though, because I'm pretty sure it says she looks really sad, not that she looks really surprised. Then she, Yeah, I guess she should have stopped being a freak in the hallway then. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Other things that happen in this book that are gross in terms of the smut is she won't just say ass. She, yeah, she hit us with the backside. At one point she says, <laughs> cups my rear. That's so weird. Say grabs my ass. Just say, say ass. grabs my ass. Just say ass. It's so much less offensive than rear or backside. <laughs> If you, if you are afraid to, like, be profane about, like, genitalia, why are you writing this much graphic smut? Yeah, but zero blowjobs, God bless. That's true. Maybe, maybe she knew that she was gonna write so many into Verity, she knew she just, like, didn't need to write any of them for any other book. No, they're, she's being so gross. Throughout the rest of this book, though, she should have just been able to say ass. That was, I think that that's was absurd. True. That was absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, I can understand fooling around in a car, but, like, the idea of having penetrative sex on the front seat of a car with... Like, at your place of work, uh, yeah. she keeps being like, at, it's raining so hard, no one can see inside. You're getting fired. At your, You're getting fired for fucking in your car at work. At your place of work is insane. In your car, normal. So normal. Normal. So, 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 so normal. I just don't think it seems very comfy. It's not always about being comfortable. I... I, <laughs> you want to speak on that? Uh... <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I will not comment any further on it, except that, like, come on, dog, it's, it's a good spot. Yeah, to fool around. I'm saying you can fool around in the car. I d- I don't think it would be that comfortable to have actual penetrative sex in a car. Try it. Get back. We can talk about it on the Con and Con episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Great. Let us know. Yeah. Find a spot to go. Find a spot to go parking. Um, Kayla, I have a question about teen slang. Okay. So I wrote in the outline, this is not a book about love. This is a book about obsession. And after that sentence, you literally just wrote grip. Yeah, it's a, it's a story, it's a story about gripmatization and digmatization. <laughs> I okay. thought it was very okay. self-explanatory. <laughs> I just thought maybe that, like, the kids were using a word I hadn't really heard before. Yeah, this book is about gripmatization and it is about digmatization. They they are really unable to see past the sex and then when they do see past the sex, it's like still it's like, "Oh, I think my power just went out." 
Okay, everyone, I'm sorry if this is a little disjointed. I'm pretty sure I left in the section of the last recording where I say, oh god, the power went out. That took over 24 hours to get fixed at my house, so Kayla and I are finishing recording on Monday night, which is, let's see, three and a half, four-ish days after we originally started recording. But don't worry, we've really honed down on what we need to talk about for the rest of this. Say what you will about Independence, Missouri, but the power did stay on here. You know that just means the storm didn't hit you as badly, right? It did hit us pretty badly. It's just, it's just so different here. Did Independence have, like, a tornado go through at some point that already tore out most of the big trees? Mm, nope. A lot of it. There, I I'm staring out my window at several big trees right now. We just like off of Harry Truman's vibes. We are untouchable. Yeah, I think there are still people in Shawnee and Merriam that don't have power. So, at this point, it's been like almost three days. Kansas City, Missouri, is letting you have ten trash bags this week. Not just like the normal two or three you're allotted, but like the entire Jesus city Christ. is allowed to throw out like, everything in their house if they need to. Let's see. What's new with me in the last three days? Oh, I have a bug bite matching paired bug bites on either side of my rib cage, like, wow. right where the side seam of a t-shirt would be. Um, and I am committed to my terrible, terrible act. The, the only thing I have in the house with hydrocortisol in it is, like, Vagisil. Because oh I refuse to buy hydrocortisol, and this is literally using badges years ago. Like it's body lotion. Yes, that's crazy. not like it's body lotion, but on the bug bites because it has an anti-itch quality to it, and it doesn't smell. So it's not like people are like getting a whiff of yeast infection <laughs> medicine. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just making my bug bites not itchy. Okay, let's talk about ugly love. I um, want to talk about the sex me what crimes in I this did book. today, but you got to update what you got going on. You can talk about your bug bites, but I can't talk about how I was at the DMV for two hours today. Oh, Kayla, I'm sorry. Yeah, did you and get then I had to license? get my oil change. Yeah, and then I had to get. It's not a real ID though. Uh, oh no! But it doesn't matter. We don't need them yet. But I also had to get an oil change right after that. And the guy was like, there's something wrong, and it's so wrong, we won't even change your oil for you. But also, no. if you don't fix it, your engine will explode. <laughs> well, did you fix it? No! No, I just went home. I told my dad about it, though. We, the guy said that I need to take it to the dealer. And it was, like, already 5 p.m., so I was like, no chance I'm going to go to the dealer right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, something else I did today was I bought a new plant. I bought a um, Sansevieria that I've been wanting for literally like six months. And I got a pot for it and I went up a pot size with it so I really won't have to mess with it at all for like two or three years. I'm fucking stoked about it. Looks really exciting. good. I'll, I'll send you a picture. I think you already did. Oh, yeah, I've been sending it to everyone because I really think it's so cute. Okay, let's talk about sex crimes. It's not an actual sex crime. There is no sexual assault in this book. There is no, like, 
pedophilia. There is the unfortunate foot grab in the car. But the major sex crime here is the, like, the incest themes. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But we already talked about how I've compartmentalized that. Right. The sex crime that I am speaking of is when him and Rachel are having their big breakup fight. Sorry, fucked that up. When he and Tate are having their big breakup fight. Okay, yes. And they have sex. He says Rachel's name while he's inside of her. And she lets him finish. Yeah. That was crazy. Have a smile. And he realizes what he did because she starts, like, sobbing. And he, he tries to pull out. And she's like, whatever, just use me. And then he does. And then he does, which is a crime. Like, oh my, I don't even, I can't fathom what I would possibly do if somebody said the wrong name during sex. That's horrible. It wouldn't be pulling closer, I'll tell you that much. I, I, (laughs) just, well, and also... Like, we're really just gonna trauma apologize for all the shit he puts her through by being like, oh, but he was really sad. And he still doesn't go to therapy. He just, like, goes to Arizona and finally talks to Rachel. And she's like, don't worry. I had a baby and I'm not sad anymore. And eventually you'll fall in love and have a baby and you won't be sad anymore. And, like, then he's just forgiven for all his past wrongs. Yeah, so, like, the day after he calls her the wrong name during sex, she still shows up at his apartment, and the vibe is like, why aren't you chasing after me? She should have never knocked on his door, first of all. Yeah, that that man needed to be told to lose her phone number. Yeah. Like, don't 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 text me, me, don't call me, don't show up at my house. Yeah. And I get that we're, like, supposed to have empathy for him because he like went through a lot but like he's had six years to go to therapy yes i'm assuming pilots have good benefits i think his insurance would cover it beyond that you are like not supposed to be frankly fucked in the head and like in charge of that many people's lives like and i get that this sort of like trauma care that cops go through is kind of bullshit, but my hope is that the airline, like, did a psych eval before they let him be a pilot. He's just a freak with women. Oh, he's, like, very normal otherwise? That's, like, the vibe I got. He's like, I don't drink unless it's my dead son's birthday. So, yeah, he's like, I haven't had sex in six years. No but sex in six years. So good at it. No, and bitches? has like yeah, yeah. I mm. also, I feel like yeah. <laughs> there's all no of way. This kind of leads. Go ahead. There's no way the last like a time you had sex was. So he has sex for the first time. I guess not the first time. Like for like probably seventeen. If I had to guess. Because when he's, like, hooking up with his, like, soon-to-be stepsister, he's 18, and he says that he's had sex before. 
So we're going to guess he was, like, like probably not getting laid all the time at that age, you know? But was really getting after it with his stepsister. There's no way that, like, you're, <laughs> like, so good in bed after having, like, the last time you had sex, you were a teenager. Yes, like, I agree entirely. I agree entirely. Like, it's different. There's no way it was good sex anyway. It's like, when I was 18, I was not having great sex. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, yeah. It's almost six. Yeah, I'm almost, I'm like about the same age, I guess, as uh, our characters here. Because he's like 24. I'm like 24. Thinking about what I was doing when I was 18, I am not doing that now. And I think if I had like not had sex once from when I was 18 to now, I would, like, I would not be doing it like they were in this book. I just can't really relate to this debate because I did not have my first kiss until I was 20, so... And that's fine. But if um, you, like, wait six years... Yeah, it would be I'm bad. Just saying, yeah. I really think so. Here is my question. And, like, I think the idea of, like, him being a really unrealistic character kind of, like, lends itself to this question. All of these characters are not real in, like, a really <laughs> distinct way. Like, none of this yeah. reads true to life. And it leads myself to my next question, which is why the fuck am I supposed to care about these characters? I like personally I don't, don't give a care fuck about, about a single character in these books. No. They're all annoying. They're all boring. They make no sense. One therapy session could have solved all of their problems. Well, maybe not one, but like... (laughs) Not one, no, but... Even like vaguely consistent. Like, what if you just went to therapy like once a month for a year? What if you did that? Maybe he would have gotten some pussy sooner. Yeah. Well, and I also want to know if he, like, literally didn't experience sexual attraction until he met Tate. Like, that would be more interesting. That would be more interesting. I just, like, no sexual attraction for six years. Come on. Yeah, I'm looking sideways at that. His whole deal is that he was like, I have so much restraint. Like, well, and like, I am a man honestly, with a will. If you're too depressed to experience sexual attraction, because, like, frankly, you can't will yourself out of having hormones. So if you're too depressed to be experiencing sexual attraction because of the death of your child, you're also too depressed to get through flight school. No, no, like, no, no. His deal is not that he's too depressed. His deal is, is he's like, kind of like, I'm cursed. Like, if I fall in love Shut again, the fuck then her, like, the next bitch I'm with, I guess I should say, the next woman I'm with is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he seems uh, like a serial killer in this book. S- he does. To women. Yeah, so, yeah, his whole deal is, like, if I am with another woman, the same thing is going to happen again. Which, like, he does. You know what what is relatable in this book? Maybe not relatable, but like the most true to life part is 
when they have sex without a condom for the first time and he has a panic attack. Like, uh. maybe the only thing in this book that I was like, that might be a normal reaction to someone who has, like, experienced something very traumatic with pregnancy. Like, okay. Yeah. But the rest of it, I'm like, why are you acting like that? Yeah. I don't know. I still think that his reaction there was, like, crazy. To come inside of her and then immediately go lock himself in his room. Like, why would she come back? Why did she come back after that? No, I don't get it at all. She is so deeply digmatized that, like, there is nothing she would not do. It's crazy. And, like, here, there, Colleen Hoover is really acting like... Being intrigued by a man is, like, enough of a reason to, like, let him act like a real weirdo. Mm-hmm. And, like, as someone who was on the dating apps two years ago, you that's not true. <laughs> like, Tate, just go on Hinge. Like, you don't need yeah. to be having sex with the hot pilot across the hall who treats you like shit. Like, yeah. If you're as hot as we're supposed to understand she is in this book, like... What? You can get hot men to talk to you. Like, you don't need to be being treated this poorly. Women ask for better. Jesus Christ. So true. Uh, so speaking of Miles being a weirdo, when (laughs) they are in the hospital, Miles, Rachel, and their baby... They're talking about their baby, and she's, like, they're talking, he's, like, they're, like, just being, like, oh, the baby has your this, the baby your has has your this, and he's, like, yeah, the baby has my huge balls. I, this and is And then so they're talking toxic. about how big the baby's balls are. That's crazy. That's so toxic. That, that's very akin to, like, oh my god, he's gonna be a real, a real lady killer when he grows up, and you're talking about, like, a six-month-old? Why? Yeah. Yeah, they Why also, are you talking about a six-month-old spit- like that? You know what your six-month-old wants to do? He wants to put his entire fist in his mouth. They spent, like, a weird amount of time in the book talking about the circumcision as well. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Like, Miles texts his buddy and is like, took it like a champ. What? The baby is taking the circumcision like a champ. According oh, yeah. to Miles. I just, like, you, like, this book is not deep enough for us to have any sort of conversation about circumcision. So it's like, <laughs> just like, don't put it in the book. Like, that's like, <laughs> I just, we like, I, this is so, like, I'm surprised that Colleen Hoover is not writing, like, gender reveals into every single one of her books. Yeah. Like, she has to write a pregnancy into every single book, so, like, why wouldn't she be be being weird about gender after the baby is born? Like... You know what else Colleen Hooper is weird about? Gay people. So far, the only actual gay person we've met in her books was literally used as a plot device to make a straight man jealous. Like... Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. But in this book, uh, because Miles has not been with a woman for six years, his friend assumes that he's gay. And then at Thanksgiving dinner, 
he like reveals that about Miles to everyone. Is like Miles would never do that. He's gay. And Miles is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like he thinks it's like really, really funny, and they're like making fun of that for a while. Which like one it was like It's problematic enough for him to be outing Miles. But then for everyone to be like, haha, you thought this big strong man was gay. Yeah. It's like he was then- just making out with Tate in the bathroom, and then they go to the table, and right after she made out with them, her brother is like, he's gay. It's like very, I think, I think we have graduated past it being funny <laughs> for there to be a, we thought he was gay. What is what? really funny, though, is her brother being like, if you're not gay, literally, why would you wait six years? Like, at the dinner table with his parents. Yeah. Like, imagine being at the dinner table with both your parents and then, like, one of your friends and, like, be grilling your friend about their sex life in front of your parents. That's unimaginable to me. That's strange. Yeah. I personally won't ever be discussing my sex life with my parents, even if I've been married for a long time. That's not their business. Yeah. One of my um, co-workers told me that she really hated being pregnant because it was, like, really undeniable proof that she had been having <laughs> sex. Yeah. And that, like, she, like, one, she didn't want everyone to be touching her all the time, and two, she was like, this seems like it should have been more private than it is. Oh, my God. Like, there are people, well, there are, like, people in the church who won't get married on Saturday so that people, like... So they don't have to see the church right after they have sex for the first time. Well, you know that they have, like, going away breakfast after weddings, right? Where, what? like, oh my god, no, this is a thing. So you have your wedding, and then you have your wedding night, and then there's, like, a farewell brunch the morning after. That's, I mean, that would be weirder, I think for, like, religious folks than people who are not religious. Yeah. Well, and, like, everyone in my family is, like, so repressed that no one would say anything. Like, no one's gonna be like, did you enjoy yourself? You know? Yeah, yeah, but there are, like, I, like, know a kid who I went to church with who, like, got married and, like, specifically did not, like, have his wedding on a Saturday because he like, did not want anybody to ask him how his night was Sunday morning. And everybody was just kind of like, (laughs) why would we ask? Well, I don't know. I feel like if you get married young enough, like, if you get married as, like, a 19-year-old because you're religious, like, er everybody knows. Yeah. Like, we all all know why you did it. Yeah, dude, so, like, there was a guy I went to church with who was, like, complaining about having a really long engagement. Like, his, like a friend of his had a really short engagement, and he was like, you don't understand how hard it is to have a long engagement. And I was like, just, just have sex. Okay, exactly. you scheduled your wedding that way. Yeah. You made the long engagement. Yeah. But I'm like, that's, like, bonk. 
Knock it off. Yeah. Yeah. Resisting temptation. Who can do it? Not him. My- Miles Miles Archer. Allegedly. Miles Archer can resist temptation. Um, do you want to talk about one of the worst lines in the book? <laughs> At the very then- end. <laughs> Yes, I really, really do want to talk about it because I could not believe my eyes. I could not believe what I was seeing when I was reading. After they get engaged, she like is she's like, I fell in love with you. And Miles says, I didn't fall in love with you. I flew. Uh, Shut uh, the fuck up. Knock it off. <laughs> That is criminal. Well, like, and the I'm surprised the formatting wasn't, like, horrific. Because, like, there's, when Miles is having his, like, big realization that he's in love with Tate and that, like, the way that she loves him is so wonderful, he, it's, like, written in his, like, gross prose. And I will, like, post this on the pod Instagram. But four lines of text with four words on it written in a diagonal that just says her italicized love is beautiful. Are you fucking kidding me? That's revolting. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Either you're a legitimate author or you're not. But none of this, like, self-published nasty editing bullshit. I don't understand why people are reading these. Yeah, I'm, I was really like, why are you as a man thinking in verse? Yeah, that's four women, one. And two, yeah. like, I guess we can get into Goodreads here because um I have a two-star review that ends with... It was a chore to read, and honestly, it did not lend itself well to Miles' point of view. I mean, this doesn't sound like an 18-year-old boy. No, I did not think it sounded like an 18-year-old boy. Yeah. Like, no no one is thinking in their head as an 18-year-old boy, Rachel, 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 I saw her, and I knew. Unless they're, like, the worst boy you've ever met. Yeah. Like, frankly, if an 18-year-old boy tells you their inner, inner dialogue and it sounds like that, run the other fucking way. Absolutely. He's a creep. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He's a certified weirdo. And, like, Miles is a certified weirdo. Like, this whole book is just about Miles being a certified weirdo and Tate just being like, I want to crack his head open like a melon. Yeah, he's, like, he's... He's constantly doing bizarre things, and she's like, but have you seen his V-lines? Girl, what better for yourself, once again, I'm saying. Women, I Women cannot emphasize be better. this enough. Don't settle. Don't, se- don't ha- settle for a handsome fucking weirdo. Yes. Like, him being a pilot, pilot, does not, like, supersede the fact that he treats her like shit for the entire book. Like... Not even close. It's not that interesting of a job. There... If you are, like, looking for a narrative where, like, men are, like, a little bit controlling and kind of mean, just read a fucking Regency romance. Like, 
read a bodice ripper where like women are still at a state in society where they are like distinctly inferior to men according to the law like just read the awakening we don't what (laughs) i said read the awakening yeah or like i've been reading some like scottish regency romances about the highlands you know oh my god look i'm very bored and i'm waiting (laughs) to be given akatar so i can read them for next month but like oh my god like jesus christ like if you want to read a book where a man is mean to a woman like don't read this one because this one is selling itself as something that's appropriate because he's traumatized and i'm here to tell you it's not your partner doesn't get to treat you like shit because they have a little bit of trauma well i mean this is a lot of trauma but like he still doesn't get to treat her like shit and it's completely apologized for Forgiveness only goes so far. Like, she can forgive Miles, but I don't think she should give the rest of her life to him. Yeah, getting engaged after getting treated like shit for so long, and, like, him saying, saying the wrong name during sex, and it's the name of a girl from six years ago. Horrid. Yikes. Horrible. Unforgivable, I think. So, let's see. Other Goodreads reviews. I put one in here that's three stars, and all it said is, everything could have been avoided if Miles just went to therapy. Yeah. And then two stars, all caps. The way I'll never understand the Miles stands, ten question marks. What are you staining this man for? <laughs> I don't understand how somebody could read this and be a fan of him. He has no personality. The only personality he has is, like, weirdo. He treated her... Here, I'll keep reading it. He treated her like caca the whole time and only picked her after talking to his ex and seeing she moved on and all of a sudden he's healed and can date? Please. This book is not it as a whole. I don't get the hype feel like a lot of people read hyped up books and go in with an idea of how they're supposed to feel and radiate that instead of actually enjoying the book. Yeah. Kayla, you sent me a text that said reading the Goodreads reviews for this book and feeling gaslit. Did we read the same book? Yeah, people were like, ah, like, I loved this story. Like, this was so good. I was hooked. Couldn't put it down. Read it in one day. Uh, yeah, I read it in one day because it's dog water. Yeah, it like was it's ass. not hard to read. It's a, it's a very quick read because it's written in what wants to be verse, so it goes <laughs> by quickly, but like also painfully. I read I read a, like one review. Of it. It said, this book is just like the long version of the pick me, love me, choose me scene from Grey's Anatomy. Kayla, do we need to talk about whether or not Meredith and Derek had a, like, genuinely unhealthy relationship? Yeah, he was, like, way older than her. Way too in charge of her. I don't really think they were particularly kind to each other. 
They weren't. And he has a wife. A whole entire wife. Yeah. And, like, honestly, I think that Derek and Addison had a lot more chemistry than Derek and Meredith. Yeah, that's just because Kate Walsh is so hot. Well, yeah. Also, not to be an Ellen Pompeo hater, but I don't know if she's a very good actress. No, she really got stuck in one role. And she, like, did that one role well. But, okay, so (laughs) we were really going in on the scrub kink in uh, It Ends With Us. And that scrub kink does come back in this book. Once again, we have someone being like, what if you left your scrubs on while we fucked? Oh, he does that when they fuck in the car. Yes. And like, this this time, she is watching Grey's Anatomy. It is on the telly while she's writing her books. Well, here's the other thing, though, Kayla. Like, this time, specifically, like, there's no way she changed into clean scrubs. She leaves straight from work to drive home. So she is in nasty hospital scrubs from working in an ER all day long. Yeah. Like, she has fluids on her. You're gonna get your dick near someone else's fluids that aren't just hers? And be like, this is so hot? What the fuck are we doing? Horny jail. Horny jail. Yeah, I feel like that's the real lesson to learn here. Pretty consistently. It, keep it's your just, dick away from dirty scrubs. Keep your dick away from dirty scrubs. And if you feel yourself in your brain thinking like any of these characters, straight to jail. Go to jail. Put yourself in jail. Just if you a are a man and you're listening to this and you think in verse, turn yourself into the police. Yep. Yep. I agree entirely. Okay, Kayla, do you have any reviews to read? No. All I had was the, this is just the, like the episode of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, it is like the episode of Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Then we did it, guys. This was Ugly Love. Follow us on Instagram at EnglishMajorsPod. Send us an email at EnglishMajorsPod at gmail.com. Write us a review. Leave us some stars. Uh, Kayla will be back for one last week to talk about Colleen Hoover and compare and contrast her books. And hopefully the two of us can, like, put our heads together and come up with some actual good, like, modern fiction recommendations that aren't this shit. So I don't think okay. it would be hard. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. All? Okay. You have anything to add? Nope. Okay. Then bye. See you guys next week.